This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by Bosbole.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, good morning. I'm Roshan Kanderson and welcome to Open for Business. Findings by email research back in 2020 showed that close to 4 million Malaysians or around 26% of the workforce worked in the gig economy. This was, however, before the COVID-19 pandemic, which has seemingly boosted the sector, with more current estimates putting the size of Malaysia's gig economy at 5 million or around 30% of the Malaysian labour force. In response to the growth of this area in the labour market, local and global Global job matching platforms such as Fiverr, Upwork, GoGet, and Troopers have come about to address this rising trend. And among them is Singapore-based Fastco. The firm has recently thrown its hat into the ring, launching FlexiWork platform FastGig back in 2022. This is an addition to their non-executive job portal FastJobs, which was launched in 2015. The job platform currently operates in Singapore, Malaysia, and the Philippines, with more than 500,000 monthly active users. Today, you will learn about the story behind their management-led buyout in 2021, the rationale for entering the FlexiWork platform business and how they've deployed their Series A funding of $7.5 million as they look to grow in Malaysia and the region. All this with Julian Tan, the CEO and founder of Fastco. Julian, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm fine. Thank you, Roshan. Thank you very much for having me on the show. So if we go on to a bit of the juicy part here, Fasco had an initial Series A funding round back in 2021, which saw early stage focus venture capital firm Cento Ventures invest 4.1 million USD in this and participate in the founder and management-led buyout. Tell us more about how the buyout came to be and how this deal got done. Okay, so I started Fasco when I was in uh, Singapore Press Holdings. So it was uh, about uh, six, seven years after that. And we were looking at uh, how to expand this into, further into the region. And it was also about the same time that uh, SPH was looking to restructure its uh, businesses. So previously, uh, Singapore Press Holdings or SPH was a public listed company. But uh, sometime in 2021, it was actually cut off into two parts. So the media part became a non-profit entity, uh, which is now SPH Media Trust that runs the newspapers like the Straits Times, Business Times and all. And the commercial part was actually hived off and, and was actually bought out by a joint venture company called Cascaden. And uh, during the whole restructuring, you know, I went to SPH and said, I, I'm thinking of actually bringing fast coal you know, more into the region, into more countries. And uh, we would like to see whether we can raise money from uh, other investors as well. So SPH uh, was very, very supportive. Given that it was going to restructure its business, it actually told me that, yes, if I could look for like-minded investors, they would be happy to divest. And that was when I approached uh, actually quite a number of investors to see who would be interested and Sento was one of them, which actually was very, very supportive. So at that point in time, I was also, you know, going through, you know, some phase that I, I asked myself, I've been doing tech investments for the last 15 years now, but mostly with the backing of uh, SPH. And I wanted to ask myself, you know, can I actually make it as a, entrepreneur by myself as well. So it was something that I felt very, very uh, passionate about. I've been uh, doing 
a lot of investments on behalf of uh, SPH as well. So I met, I've been meeting a lot of, with the startup founders. I've been very, very close to the whole startup ecosystem. And I felt that FASCO as a company and the products that we had was actually primed for growth in the region. So, of course, it is not without risk. <laughs> uh, I, yes, we, you know, we went ahead with the management buyout. And yeah, here I am now uh, running this as a, a fully-fledged entrepreneurial startup uh, with backing from uh, quite a few uh, venture capitalists as well. You and uh, SPH do have a bit of a longer term relationship here, right? Uh, if we look back, yes, you started Fasco with them back in 2015, but you also founded and grew other businesses with them, such as Classified Ads Platform 71 Search, which was later acquired by Telenor and subsequently merged with Carousel. There was also automotive portal SG Carmine. So tell us a little bit more about the entrepreneurial background. You're, you've kind of alluded to some of it there, but tell us more about that background of yours and this working relation with SPH. How did it start and you know, how did you get their buy-in and all these different ventures along the way? So I started off with SPH doing M&A and as I was looking at what are the areas of growth. So this was in about 2006, 2007 and at the time digital was still fairly nascent in this part of the world. But I felt that, hey, you know, looking at the trends in the West, in the US, in Europe, a lot of the traditional media business was being disrupted. Mm. So I put up a case to SPH saying that, hey, let's do an online classified business. We already seeing Craigslist being successful in the US then. Uh, there were a couple of other companies that were successful in Europe as well. But at that point in time, uh, SPH, the bread and butter was still in the newspaper business and classified was a huge component. So they said, okay, uh, Julian, we are willing to give this a try, but please try it outside of Singapore. So that was when, you know, I structured a joint venture between Singapore Press Holdings, SPH and Shipstead, a Norwegian media business company. And uh, SPH said, okay, Julian, if you really believe in this, can you actually go and run the business and not just, you know, structure the deal and then wash your hands and pass it on <laughs> to someone else? So I said, okay. So they told me to, okay, you, I give you, we'll give you the money, we'll fund it. You set it up and you run the business. So we started country by country. So Malaysia, I started the Muda.my. So this was, I think, in 2008. And subsequently, we replicated that in uh, other countries in the region, like the Philippines, Vietnam, Indonesia, as well as Thailand. So I managed to build up a regional footprint. And we were actually very successful. So Muda, within a couple of years, it became the market leader in Malaysia. Very, very strong in, in secondhand uh, classifieds like cars, real estate, electronic products, general classifieds. So I realized that, you know, if we, we were able to build a good digital business, it would also become profitable. And that was when, after that, subsequently, SPH decided to divest the business. And then I returned back to SPH after my stint. So I was CEO of the regional classified business, 701 Search, for about seven years. And in 2015, I went back to SPH. And the moment I went back, you know, I, I guess I tasted uh, quite a bit of uh, excitement uh, running digital business in the region. And, and I immediately, when I went back, I said, hey, SPH, I think we've done a successful business in the general classifieds. And I feel that there was a new area that we could also go into, which was not 
really focused on Yale at that point in time, 2015, and that was in the blue-collar job space. So if you think about it, this was in 2015, white-collar, you've already had the likes of JobStreet, JobsDB, LinkedIn, but there was nothing really for the blue-collar, non-executive job seekers. So that's when I put up again a similar business case and SPH, they agreed to fund the business. So I told them that I wanted to replicate what I built, given all my experience and knowledge and maybe also mistakes that I've made, you know, <laughs> in running the regional classified business, I think that would be very useful for me to try to build a similar business in the job space. And that's what we did in 20, within a couple of years, we were actually market leader in Singapore. And then we started expanding into Malaysia and the Philippines. So today we are in the three countries. We are a strong market leader in, in Singapore, Malaysia. We are also amongst the top job porters there. And then this is our focus currently to try and really cement a strong, profitable business in both Singapore and Malaysia. Julian, we'll talk a little bit more about those portals in just a bit, including the rationale for having two different portals for this and uh, what it was like building the Fast Jobs MVP earlier on. Folks, I've been speaking with Julian Tan. He's the CEO and founder of Fastco, the company behind job platforms such as Fast Jobs and Fast Gigs. I'm Roshan Kandison. You're listening to Open for Business. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBolle.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Books, figurines, movies. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by BossBolle.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kanison, and this morning I've been speaking with Julian Tan. He's the CEO and founder of Fastco, the company behind job platforms Fast Jobs and Fast Gig. Julian, as it stands, you now operate two platforms, Fast Jobs, which focuses, as you mentioned earlier, on the blue collar uh, jobs market or the non executive jobs market. Then you've also got Fast Gigs, which was launched last year, which is targeting the more flexible work area or the gig economy. Is that the extent of the product mix today? We started off with fast jobs and then we built on fast gig, but we also actually have another platform that we've uh, soft launched in Singapore called uh, Fast Learn. So the whole idea for us is to really build an ecosystem for the job seeker. So for example, if, if the job seeker is looking for a full-time job or a contract job, he comes onto fast job. If let's say he's maybe a student or he is, uh, or he, she is a stay-at-home mother where they can't do full-time work, but they can do gig work. We have fast gig to cater for them. But throughout it all, our belief is that we want to develop, help the worker to upskill themselves and to develop themselves. So this is where fast learn comes in. So fast learn, we've soft launched in Singapore now. We've got quite a number of training providers that we actually work with to cater courses to help our workers to upskill themselves. So we are looking at launching this sometime soon in Malaysia as well and definitely looking to see how we can also partner with like-minded companies to help our workers to upskill themselves. This is clearly, I think, a market need and we're seeing more allocations being put to work here. In fact, in the recent budget announcement as well, some funding being allocated there through HRD Corp. 
Julian, when you started Fast Jobs, this focus on the blue-collar worker, what was the problem you were trying to fix in this space? So actually, it was related to my years of uh, working with 701 Search where I literally you know, had to travel around the region. So as I go to countries like even Malaysia, Indonesia, Philippines, Vietnam, I realized that these blue-collar and non-executive job seekers, they actually did not have any platform to help them to find jobs. So they had to either rely on uh, word of mouth or maybe, you know, notices outside the shop saying that hire looking for a new hire and, you know, and maybe traditional staffing agencies. But there was no platform catering to them. So that's why I felt that there was actually a need to serve this underserved in the region. And that's where the whole idea of coming out with fast jobs uh, came up. And the interesting thing about fast jobs is that even in 2015, you know, when we launched, actually our MVP was a pure app. It was a pure mobile product. We didn't actually start off with a website. Wow. Yeah. So we didn't, you know, because we felt that this group of people, they, this group of workers, they actually would probably not have the means to buy a laptop. Mm. But all of them have a mobile phone. And, you know, having it on a mobile phone also forces us to make the product very easy to use. We cannot like ask them to fill in like five pages, you know, of forms <laughs> about themselves or information about themselves. We need to make it so simple that within like three clicks, be able to apply for a job already. So I think that was, you know, something that actually forced us to think of a very easy and simple to use product for this group of job seekers. Well, what are the demographics like for fast jobs, you know, and uh, what kind of jobs are they looking for in particular? Okay, so demographics actually uh, quite wide between, I would say, 18 to about 45. A lot of them are looking for uh, work in uh, retail, F&B, logistics, hospitality, even the entry-level office work, like administrative work, customer service, so, yeah, I think a lot of these jobs would be the target that we offer. And are we talking about longer duration jobs here? Because I know fast gigs is for the more flexible working yeah. environment, but for fast jobs, are we talking about a few months, a few years in terms of tenure? Actually, both. So it can be permanent jobs or it can also be contract jobs. So contract jobs could be a six-month contract or a one-year contract. But primarily, majority of the jobs that we have are actually permanent jobs. Now, you started Fast Jobs back in 2015. The labor market has changed quite a bit since that time with uh, not just the rise of Uber in, this, in the US, but with Grab and all the assorted gig economy jobs that have come along the way. So tell us a little bit about how this evolution in the industry has changed the way Fastco needs to approach the blue collar or the, now the rising gig economy talent acquisition. Yeah, so as you rightly pointed out, Roshan, it was during that time, 2019, 2020, that the gig economy started actually getting a lot of traction, both from the job seeker side and also from the employer side. They were also beginning to have some problems hiring full-time. And this, if you think about it, it was also during the COVID period. So what happened was during COVID, it was very difficult for employers to actually ascertain how many headcounts should they have. Because one moment, there is a lockdown, the next moment is open up. Then after a few months, you know, when the COVID cases rose, 
government, you know, enforce uh, stricter rules uh, again. <laughs> so it was very, very difficult for employers to actually, you know, decide how many people that they should hire. So this was when we started coming up with this concept to one of our key clients saying that, hey, let's do a, a pilot where we offer what we call a flexible staffing contingency workforce for you, where it gives you full flexibility. So for example, if the demand for the company is very, very strong for their products and services and they need more workers, we can actually help them to immediately source for the workers. But on the other hand, if, if let's say towards a low period, they do not require so many workers, we can actually scale down as well. So this gives full flexibility to the employer, but the job seeker also likes, also wants this kind of flexibility as well. So rather than previously, even if you do a part-time job, you have to commit, whether it's like, you know, every weekend or whether it's like every Monday or every one, three, five of the week, you have to commit to some form of, of work. But through FastGig, it is actually entirely up to the job seeker. Perhaps this week where he has school holidays, he can work every day. But when they are going back to school, maybe only evenings or maybe only the weekends. Or for example, stay-at-home mothers, which is actually a big group of job seekers on uh, FastGig. They can't work the entire day because they probably have to look after their kids after they come back from school. So they just have maybe about six hours in the morning up to maybe about one, two o'clock in the afternoon. So for them, they actually want this kind of flexibility, but more importantly, it allows them to actually return to the job market. I think we were able to actually create uh, this flexibility for both the job seeker as well as the employer by you know, coming up with this new uh, gig work model. Julian, in terms of how it works, how does the matching happen for your flexible arrangement? Because is it a matter of just staying on the app and then saying I'm available now and see, or you see what jobs are available? How, how does it all work? Yeah, so a job seeker, they will come to a fast gig they will then look at the jobs available as well as the slots that are available. So what they do is they actually book slots. Mm. So if, if they are free, let's say tomorrow afternoon, you know, and there's a slot available from uh, 2 o'clock to 8 p.m., then they can just click and book the slot. So what happens is that the app will then match. If let's say we have more applications than uh, slots available, then it will probably try and uh, match based on the profile of the person, you know, if, if they had previously worked in that job as well before, then they will probably get, you know, certain kind of priority. But if not, I think there are actually enough jobs on the site for everyone. Is there a ranking system or a built in or a scoring system built into this to manage potential bad behavior? Because I can assume that, you know, there's so much flexibility. I've done it before with gyms where I've booked a slot and I don't show up and the gym will warn me that if you do this again, we're not going to let you book classes anymore. Any kind of mechanisms in on your site? Yes, there is. It is something that we had to learn over time as well, because unfortunately, you're right. You know, some workers, they book the slot and then there is a no show. And that creates problems for the employer. Mm. Then. Over time, we have actually developed two things. One is that we encourage people who, who cannot make it to inform us in advance. So the longer, the better. But if not, at least just let us know. So for those who do not let us know and there's no show, if you do that twice, we would actually suspend you 
And uh, if you continuously do that after that, we would actually blacklist you. So we would actually engage with the job seeker as well, the worker, and find out why, what happened. Was it because, you know, traffic jams, you couldn't get there? But what happened is the beauty of using an app like FastGig versus, let's say, traditional methods. So traditionally, if let's say a person doesn't turn up, then the employer will be left hanging. You know, how, how do I go about finding a replacement? But on the app, if let's say, you know, you tell us even a few hours before that you cannot turn up for the work, the app would actually send a notification to a list of people on the standby list. So we actually have people who are on wait list for the job and uh, it's fastest fingers first. Whoever see the job availability and they want to pick it up, they can just click and then turn up for work. So this has actually helped to to reduce a lot of the no-shows by a huge percentage. So a lot of the clients are actually uh, very happy that uh, we are able to use tech to solve a lot of their problems. Up next, we'll get into the money side of things, including the revenue streams here, the growth ahead, and what you're doing with all that funding you've raised. Folks, I've been speaking with Julian Tan, the CEO and founder of Fastco, the company behind job platforms such as Fast Jobs and Fast Gig. I'm Roshan Kanesan. You're listening to Open for Business. We're going into the news bulletin right now. So keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Backing female ministers. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kanesan and this morning I've been speaking with Julian Tan, CEO and founder of Fastco, the company behind job platforms Fast Jobs and Fast Gig. Um, Julian, we got into the management buyout that has led it into a new area of growth and um, the kind of targeting of the problem that you were trying to address with all this. Now, with job platforms, usually revenue is generated from listing or advertising fees. Is this the case here with Fastco as well? Yes, on the fast job side, it is primarily listings as well as advertising. Although we've also actually gone beyond that, if, if let's say clients want us to do a lot more, we do help them to, let's say, organize uh, interviews. We help them to actually shortlist candidates. So we use technology to try and uh, match as much as possible. And especially during COVID, we did a lot of uh, online video interviews for the client. So it depends on uh, how much the client wants us to assist them. But essentially, it is a listings business. And on the fast gig side, there is a lot more service transaction based. So what we do is that we actually charge a service fee for every worker we help the company to hire. So I think it's a good blend of both advertising, listing, as well as a transaction fees. The note you made there earlier about helping employers with other things as well, including interviews and video calls and things like that. Does that leave uh, maybe an open avenue for you to move into more services such as, you know, immediately that comes to mind, HR tech SaaS services, for example, to support employers in this space? Is that something that you're looking at in the future? I think definitely the opportunities is endless. Definitely, I think it is something that uh, we will look at over time. I think the whole idea is to really build up a strong ecosystem for both 
the employer as well as the job seeker and we will definitely use technology to enable that. Now, looking ahead, do you see fast gigs and perhaps even fast learn catching up with fast job to become equally sized revenue generators or will there be slight differences given that fast jobs has a uh, lead in this business? I would say in the longer term, yes, definitely we will see fast gig catching up. It is still fairly nascent, just about two years old for us while for on the fast job side is about seven, eight years already. But the growth in the fast gig side is actually a lot faster because there's actually a lot of demand for this kind of gig work, contingency, flexible workforce. So definitely, we over time, we do see fast gig contributing very, very significantly. Uh, as at November 2022, you had four more than 4.4 million job seekers registered on the platform, around 500,000 on average monthly active users. How well has all this translated into revenue and revenue growth? We've grown significantly over the last, I would say, five years. You know, revenues have grown now to uh, more than double-digit millions of uh, Singapore dollars. And last year was a very, very good year for us. And now with the additional funding that we received, we are actually stepping up in Malaysia especially. So last year, we had two uh, anchor investors coming in, OSK Ventures, as well as Kairos Ventures, and they are both Malaysia-based VCs. And the primary reason for us getting them in as well as is to really help us to scale up the Malaysian market. As you continue your growth and you're entering Malaysia, uh, what kind of revenue growth are you expecting this year and beyond? I think over the longer term, we are definitely just like all startups, you're looking at doubling, tripling revenues. So I think definitely we are, you know, on track to try and achieve that over the next couple of years. And um, but for specific targets for this year, nothing clear just yet? Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not at liberty to, mm. <laughs> to, to state that. Last year, as you mentioned, two more anchor investors came into the picture in an extended Series A funding. This was led by OSK Ventures International. About 3.35 million USD was raised in this extended Series A funding round, taking Series A in total to around 7.5 million US dollars. Um, Kairos Capital was also involved here. They were one of the new investors involved and Sento Ventures continued, uh, was uh, an existing venture in the round. Um, Aside from the management buyout, how else has Series A funding been deployed as part of your growth agenda? One was to really broaden our product range. And that was when, you know, over the last two years, we've been building fast gig up. We are also looking to build up more and more products to serve. As I said, fast learn, we've only launched it in Singapore. So we are also looking to bring it to uh, Malaysia very, very soon. So uh, quite a bit of the proceeds have been used to beef up our product and tech team. And uh, one of our focus is because we, you know, based on the experience that I had uh, running classifieds in the region, it's, it's very important to understand user behavior on the ground. Mm -hmm. So, you know, previously we've had a strong uh, product and tech team in Singapore, but as we want to scale up Malaysia, we are also actually scaling up our product and tech expertise on ground. So quite a bit of it is going to uh, recruit people within Malaysia to help us to understand, to customize potentially, you know, some parts of our app to cater to the, the user needs, the user requirements in Malaysia as well. Malaysia is looking like a big focus of yours and uh, OSK Ventures and Kairos Capital have been noted as strategic partners for the expansion here. 
why such a big focus on Malaysia and what roles do these strategic partners play in that growth plan? So firstly, I think in terms of population size, you know, Malaysia is a lot larger than Singapore. So coming out from Singapore, I think we feel that the opportunities is a lot greater in Malaysia as well. Our target group is the B40 and the B40, I think, represent at least about 60 over percent of the working population in Malaysia. So this is where we really see that, you know, not only do we have a good product to help them, I think this is also our vision to really help to uh, make sure that every B40 would be able to find work, to be able to put food on the table, as well as to be able to upskill themselves. So, you know, working with Kairos and uh, OSK has been very, very good. They've been actually helping to open doors to quite a few of the companies in Malaysia where, you know, we could offer our products and services to. And uh, I think they have also been very, very helpful in introducing us to maybe uh, certain government agencies to also collaborate with and also to uh, potential other investors. So we're also talking to, you know, other investors in Malaysia, I think given their strong background here, they are very, very familiar with the tech funding scene in Malaysia. So a big part of your growth is this expansion to Malaysia. You've also got Fast Learn in the books as well. What else are you looking to drive growth going forward? So there are different areas that uh, we want to engage our job seeker with. So one area that we are now exploring is that we've gotten feedback from some of our job seekers that they probably need help in some financial services as well. So whether it is micro insurance, whether it's earned wage or early wage access. So these were some of the feedback that we've received. So a lot of our job seekers, they, they want to upgrade themselves financially as well, uh, but they're not very sure. They're not very, they don't have a strong understanding of financial services. So this is where, you know, we are thinking, okay, is there something that we can do? Is there something that we can find a partner to offer, you know, EWA, offer micro insurance to this group of people? So again, our whole uh, focus is really to help our job seekers, the blue collar, the non-executive to upgrade themselves. So definitely financial services is something that, you know, we've gotten strong feedback and we are exploring now. And it's also something you can use to leverage that user base that you have, which we will talk about in just a few minutes. Folks, I've been speaking with Julian Tan, the CEO and founder of Fastco, the company behind job platforms, Fast Jobs and Fast Gig. I'm Roshan Kandison. You're listening to Open for Business. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Because friends matter. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by BossBolle.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kanison and this morning I've been speaking with Julian Tan, the CEO and co-founder of Fasco. Julian, just a few minutes ago, we were talking about things that could drive growth and you're looking at basically how you can connect your user base possibly to financial services, earned wage access as a way to, I guess, support them in their needs. But the other thing here is that 
this possibly looks like an avenue for you to further leverage this user base and platform that you've built. An average of 500,000 monthly active users, 4.4 million job seekers registered on the platform. Tell us a little bit more about how these partnerships could uh, help you grow further and what else you're looking at in terms of really fleshing out this ecosystem that you're building. Right. Today, Fastco is actually the only unique company in uh, Southeast Asia offering a blended uh, workforce solution. So if you think about it on the job platform side, yes, you would have the likes of Job Street and other players. And on the gig side, you know, as you mentioned earlier, there's people like Troopers, but Fastco is the only one that actually can go to a client and say, hey, you know, we've got both solutions. If you are looking for 10 headcount, maybe you want to like hire six full-timers and then the other four would be, you know, part-time gig workers. So that has actually helped us. The fact that because we built our strong business in fast jobs first, we actually do have a very good relationship with many of our clients. So when we uh, came up with a new product like FastKick, because our clients actually had the trust you know, of using fast jobs, it was uh, a lot easier for them to be able to trust us to try out a new product. And uh, for the job seeker as well, today we built up, as you mentioned, we have like, over 4 million job seekers who have registered with us. And then every month, half a million actually actively come on, on board to look for jobs. So again, we are able to offer them a blend. Let's say, for example, you know, they are still studying or, or for whatever reason, they can only work part-time for a period of time they can look for FastKick. But once they are ready to enter the workforce as a full-timer, they can then just look at the jobs on fast jobs. So having this blend actually offers you know, a lot of value both to the employer as well as to the job seeker. Are you looking at possibly expanding the external advertising revenue from financial services partners and things like that as well as a way to grow revenue in the longer run? Yes, I mean, definitely that is uh, one of the options that we are looking at. But I think for us, revenue would be, of course, very, very important. But what has driven the success of Pasco today has been the focus on the user. So that's why even if we introduce financial services, it's because we want to value add to our job seeker, to our users. Now, last year it was noted that Fastco's Singapore operations uh, yielded a positive cash flow and that the group overall was expected to break even within two years, which now means next year. Julian, are you still on track for that trend? Yes, I think uh, we are definitely on track. Of course, we, with the additional investment, we've also focused a lot more on growth this year. But uh, generally, the trend is, uh, and, and the target is still make sure that we are break even uh, as a group by the end of next year. You know, you're venture backed, which means you still need to grow. But at the same time, given the funding climate, you need to prioritize profitability. So how are you balancing this fine line here? Yeah, so th that's a tough one. <laughs> but what I think differentiates us from a lot of startups is because we have a cash generating business in Singapore. So that actually helps. So in Malaysia, definitely, yes, we are burning, we are investing for growth. But because we do have uh, profits, you know, from the Singapore side, that 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 helps to, you know, alleviate uh, this uh, issue slightly. So I wouldn't say that, you know, it is still not, you know, fully resolved, but I think it really puts us on a much better state than a lot of startups. Because you're building teams on the ground as well, right? How much localization is required in order for you to grow the offerings as, uh, and from what you've learned from Fast Jobs, for example? 
So like, for example, I mean, Malaysia, I mean, the, we started off with, with an English product, but Chinese Malay is mm. just as important, uh, especially to a lot of job seekers. So we had to localize it. We had to make sure that we have a good uh, Malay product. We've got a good Chinese product as well. So it is something that we are still uh, developing. We've got the first platforms out already, but, you know, it's very, very important. So similarly, you know, once we... Uh, go into Philippines as well, even though English is spoken very, very widely, but, you know, there will also be a group that is very, very comfortable just in Tagalog. So localization to a certain extent is, is actually quite key for, for this group of uh, job seekers. Now, I presume that, you know, outside of tech and talent, uh, user acquisition costs are probably one of the key costs for you as you grow your business into new markets. Um, could you give us a sense for the gross margins uh, in this business and whether you're expecting that to expand over time? I would say that uh, on the fast job side, the margin is definitely a lot higher. On the fast gig side, because it is more a service fee, it's a lot, I would say, a lot lower, but on a blended basis, we are looking at uh, margins of at least about 50%. On a gross level? On a gross level, yes. So, Julian, as we come to the end of our conversation, you know, you're no stranger to exits, not the first rodeo you've been in. So give us a sense for what you think is the most likely kind of exit for FASCO. Um, I, I would say at this point in time, we are still uh, very small. Uh, we're just in, in three countries. I think we, we really want to build it up to, uh, you know, at least five, six countries. So I, I think exit probably not in the immediate future. But, you know, if, if you look at exits, I think there are a couple of possibilities. One is, of course, I mean, there are very big players in the recruitment space, whether in, in pure digital or even traditional recruitment businesses that could be interested in this uh, line of business. Of course, IPO is the other option, uh, although probably now it's not the best time <laughs> to discuss this, but who knows, you know, in three to five years time. So I think for us, our focus is on really building the business up first and then, you know, maybe at, in three to five years time, then we would consider what possible exit options are there. Julian, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Roshan. I've been speaking with Julian Tan. He's the CEO and founder of Fastco, the company behind job platforms, Fast Jobs and Fast Gig. I'm Roshan Gunderson. You've been listening to Open for Business. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Are you open for business? Register your company with BossBalay.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.